Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast. We are uh, in the midst of our off-season stuff here now that the Super Bowl is is in the rearview mirror. And uh, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and well done once again, Kyle Shanahan. Um, in any case, uh, our last podcast, we uh, discussed heavily the offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Actually, we didn't even get to the offensive line, but I think we're going to uh, save that for another time and probably just hammer it out in most of one one edition because there's a lot to talk about with it. So um, what we're going to do tonight is we'll, we'll uh, uh, preface a few things first that breaking, not breaking news, but newsworthy type stuff and, and then get, uh, get into the defense. Um, obviously uh, the, the strong part of the team this past season. Uh, joining me right now is Ian. We, uh, we assume Ben will be jumping in eventually. He's probably stuck in some awful traffic jam, as is usually the case this time of night out west. But uh, Ian, how are things going for you tonight? Things are great. Yeah, it, very uh, happy that the Chiefs beat the 49ers, and we don't have to share the title of uh, six-time Super Bowl champs with them. I know that yeah, you know, uh, New England already has it, but you, you always have that little bit of hate for San Francisco because they got to five before we did too. So um, you know, there's always that little bit of you don't want to see San Francisco catch up with us either. It's incredibly true. Um, and, and my, I got in a conversation with my wife about that during the Super Bowl, and, and she just kind of looked at me as if I was crazy. And I, and I said, you just, I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I said, it's just, it, it's just this thing because we had four and then San Francisco went on their run and they got to four, but then they got to five and, and we were supposed to get to five. We were the one for the thumb team. You know, and and she just she looked at me as if I was insane, which is a look I get most days anyway. But um, you know, it, it just it really is. I I there were parts of me that didn't want to see Kansas City win because some of the players rubbed me the wrong way there. But at the same time, um, I, I'm with you. I, I was thrilled that San Francisco cannot say they have six rings, and um, so so I'm I'm good with it. And I I think it's tremendous that the state of Kansas gets to celebrate. <laughs> this, this tremendous honor. Did you see the shirt that Patrick Mahomes I was wearing? I did. I was just looking <laughs> at it. <laughs> that is just outstanding. I, I mean, these t-shirt companies are are fantastic. And um, you know, and, and by the way, while I'm talking about that, we're we're moving our storefront. Our Steel City Blitz uh, storefront is moving from uh, Design Tree, and I have nothing but wonderful things to say about the folks there at Design Tree. Uh, we just decided to move it because we we had some options that were a little better for us, and and frankly, Design Tree was so busy with other things they were kind of running out of time for us. And I I totally get it. It's about making money in this world. And uh, anyway, I I want to thank Dan um, at uh, DC4L Custom Tees. Um, a lot of you guys know a lot of the work he does, and and they've already built us a storefront. This has already happened like within. 24 hours this was done and um they've got all of our stuff up there um uh, we'll be tweeting out the link this week and facebooking the link and whatever other stuff you want to say but um we're really really excited about that and uh some of the ideas that we've got coming for the upcoming season and stuff so um ian uh the the big most recent news is that the steelers announced today that uh, Kevin Colbert um, has signed a one-year extension, which will take him through the draft of 2021. Um, number one, I think we were all a little surprised that that it, it this didn't happen last year. But what do you make of the fact that it's just one year? 
from what I recall from last year when we talked about this on the podcast and kind of the news stories last year was that, you know, Colbert didn't want um, any kind of long-term deal. He felt that, I mean, he's been with the team for 20 years now. He came in in 2000. So and came from Detroit. He's, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's got kids. He's got family he wants to spend some time with. So, you know, the way we talked about last year was we kind of completely understood that if he wanted to kind of call it a career and that he doesn't, doesn't want to leave the team hanging, but also doesn't want to commit to something that he's not going to be able to live up to. So it's a situation where he was willing to, last year basically say he'll he'll work out the rest of his contract which was through the end of the draft this year um and then kind of see how things were after this season and really had had the reports that came out that he had talked with um you know art rooney and basically said that he kind of just wanted to just go on year-to-year deals and there was some speculation that some of that may have been you know with art rooney taking over with dan rooney's death that he wasn't sure what the sort of direction of the team was going to be and all that there's also some uncertainty with you know what's the quarterback situation going to be what's Mm -hmm. the coaching situation going to be i think some of that is has stabilized a little bit uh, they got a extension done for Ben last year, obviously, and then he got hurt. And but Ben still yeah. signed for two more years, um, so there is some some stability and some comfort in that. You know, Tomlin's under contract as well, so the really, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal at this point in time. Um, he's done a very good job, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I always go back to is before last year when we traded up into the top ten, the Steelers hadn't had a top 10 pick since 2000 and they were the only team that had gone for a long time more than a decade um i think it was the the saints and the patriots had one in 2008 Mm -hmm. um and they were the the next longest streak of teams that didn't have a top 10 pick um before us so we he really went 19 years without a top 10 pick between 2000 and then last year when we traded up to number 10 to take devin bush and was still able to put together a roster of Pro Bowl players, All Pro players, Hall of Fame players, while picking, you know, on average at one of the lowest positions in the league. I, I did some research on it a few years ago, and I think his mm-hmm. average first round pick, counting the times he traded up, so like the average right. actual pick taken was like twenty first or twenty second over overall. So, um, and that's pick number. That's not rank of teams. That's like twenty first right. or twenty second overall pick on average and he still put together a consistent contender uh which is really something to say for kind of doing more with less right because when you're picking later you have to be good at scouting and they've had some misses but everyone has oh for sure you're not going to have a 1974 draft class every year um but (laughs) that is a good segue into our next point which is both troy palomalu and donnie shell getting into the hall of fame arguably the best two safeties in steelers history in the same year which is pretty darn cool yeah, very cool. Um, and and I, you know, I I, I remember Shell uh, as a kid, and and certainly uh, Palomalu. Um, I, I I like I told you guys, I'd be lying if I said I didn't tear up a bit watching him uh, get interviewed by by Missy Matthews, uh, Steelers dot com. You know, she she does a fantastic job, and she was able to interview Troy outside of his hotel room there um, with with his two boys and. Um, you know, Troy has always been kind of a reserved guy and and uh, very humble and and you know you you could see that that he was truly um, touched by by this and and everything that had gone on, regardless of how perhaps automatic and first ballot that that it was it was and, and ended up being. But um, 
I, I just remember him as a guy on the field that you, you couldn't take your eyes off. Um, and it was hard not to because of the flowing hair, but um, every play you, every single play you had to know where he was because you didn't want to miss what he was going to do. And, and, you know, I know Tom Brady is a name we don't like to mention a lot on this particular podcast <laughs> uh, for, for many, many reasons, but I, I don't know if, if you didn't see the comments that he had about Troy, um, then, then definitely check him out because he had just huge praise. He said very few guys in our uh, career, his career in New England, did we literally make sure we knew what was going on? And he said, even when we knew what was going on, we still didn't know what he was going to do uh, or where he was going to be. And and I, I just thought that spoke volumes to hear it from a guy like that. And um, so it, it's cool. Obviously, those two go in. Bill Cowher goes in. Um and 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 then of course we're we're stuck with Alan Fanica again not getting in and and there were some reports this morning I don't know if you saw some of that that some voters actually admitted they weren't voting for him because there was already too many Steelers going in and it just drives me insane when I hear that crap um, it, you're supposed to vote for the best players you, you don't look at the colors you don't look at the team name you vote for the best players and I, I just I know he's going to get in. But it doesn't make it any better because, you know, we, we look at people like Elsie Greenwood, who I think is also deserving at some point, and he's not alive. You know, he, he's gone. He can't enjoy it. And and I would just hate for something like that to happen with Fanica. So I, I, I don't know. Go, go ahead. Share yeah, your I, thoughts I, com- I completely agree with everything you said. Uh, the, I, the Hall of Fame, you know, balloting in really every sport is kind yeah. of broken i mean you have, you have guys in baseball who you know you had one voter who didn't vote for Derek jeter to get into the hall of fame and uh, unanimous other than that was what 99.4 percent of the vote or something like that that he got and because one person wanted to, to make a statement because they didn't feel like they were a curmudgeon and didn't feel like someone shouldn't get in on the first ballot oh, i think yeah. same similar thing happened to i think it was mariano rivera a few years ago who it, I hate the Yankees, but anyone who yeah. watched Mariano Rivera, yeah. Pitt, yeah. it's one of those things where you're like that, you know, that guy's one of the best ever. Yes. He deserves to be in the hall. Of yeah. Fame. No, and and really that should be the, the contention. And you had guys like Peter King try oh, to God. make a state hashtag, a statement by not voting for Troy saying, Oh, well I wanted to vote for some of the other guys. Cause maybe someone else would get in it, which is stupid to begin with because only five guys are getting in. This isn't exactly. like major league baseball, where if you get a certain vote threshold, you get in major league baseball could have as big a class. They could have 10 guys a year. if 10 guys got 75% mm-hmm. of the vote, but in the NFL, only the top five vote getters get in. So it's stupid to to vote for someone who you think is a marginal guy, which I kind of think Edger and James is a, was a marginal running back. I don't know, didn't really think he deserved yeah. it, but I think him being the only running back on the ballot helped his position. Yeah, oh, for but, sure, because NFL Hall of Fame voters do that stupid thing too, where they're like, "Oh, well, there's already you know one running back in or one wide receiver is a great example. There was probably three or four wide receivers in this year's class that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but mm-hmm. you know only one's going to get in at a time. Everyone's got to wait their turn. You can't, um, you know, you can't can't put more." more than one yeah. person in a position in a year, which was also why I was surprised that Steve Atwater got in at safety this year because Troy was getting in. So um, they did put two safeties in this year, which was a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, but Troy, Troy absolutely deserved to be in. I mean, he did he did things on the football field that, I mean, I'd never seen before. Yeah. Just 
his his speed, his range, his physicality, and his knowledge of the game that it, it wasn't where he lined up. I mean, there were plays where he was lined up over center in the A gap, <laughs> and his assignment was essentially you know a deep half and a cover two. But he would get back there to yeah. play the cover two before the wide receiver could get there yeah and, and yeah. get back there to make a play i mean people have been posting all kinds of highlights on twitter i mean you know there's there's plays where you know he he makes a break on a ball before the quarterback even winds up to throw that basically you know he sees the route developing and knows where the ball is going to go before the quarterback even throws before the quarterback even begins his throwing motion yeah, throw. yeah. Um, things like that that his his instincts anticipation and athleticism when you match those things up um, or just make for a special player and he absolutely deserves to be in the hall of fame yeah. and his humility just speaks volumes as well that you know, he was never a loud outspoken oh. guy. He was never a trash talker. Um, you know, he always, even, even when, he was interviewed by both Bill Cower and Missy Matthews. One of the first things he said was that him getting in was a testament to, to the players around him, that yep. you know how good his teammates yep. were that enabled him to kind of play the way he played. Um, but I mean, I think we can all just think of examples off the top of our heads of you know, oh, leaping, sure. diving interceptions or jumping over the line because he knows a quarterback sneak is coming or running down a, a, a play from the backside. There was a play against Baltimore. I think it was in an AFC championship game where they called like a quarterback option play to Flacco mm-hmm. on a third and one and <laughs> Flacco tried to run to the outside and Paul Amalu ran him down from behind for a, a third down stop that forced it punt. Um, it was a huge play in the game, but just things like that where mm-hmm. Baltimore hadn't done something like that all year and just his his anticipation to know what's coming and, and read the play and get and have the athleticism to get there to make the play. It was just a extremely special player. Yeah, he, he, he was. And, and uh, it, it's just so neat that, you know, Canton obviously is going to be very black and gold this summer. And, uh, you know, Art Rooney, too, basically said we're expecting to play in the Hall of Fame game. And Oh, there's I no have, doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no reason to think otherwise, and um, so it, it's going to be a great uh, a great moment there for uh, for the black and gold and, and Steeler Nation and stuff. Yeah. Um, Ian, let's transition over and talk about the the current Steelers, the uh, and, and more importantly the defense. Um, we're just going to jump right in here to the defensive line, and um, I, I think you know Cam Hayward. I'm, I'm just going to put him on the pedestal. He deserves say another terrific year, an All Pro year. Um, I, I love the guy. I love the player. Um, and, and then I'm just going to move on to, uh, Stefan to because, wow, what a question mark. He has a massive salary. He, he cannot seem to stay healthy. He was having a super season, um, start to the year when he, when he had the torn peck. Um, I, I mean, where, where are you with this defensive line? Because there's, there, you know, Javon Hargrave's likely gone. I mean, there's going to be some holes to fill here. There are. Um, and one other thing about Cam Hayward, he deserves all the praise that he gets. Yeah. Um, but he he wound up with nine sacks this year, which yep. is, first of all, nothing to sneeze at for a defensive lineman. Um, and I started to do some research, but I didn't complete it. I I couldn't find anyone within the last 10 years that had three players on the same team with double-digit sacks. Obviously, we didn't get there, but both White right. and Dupree had – 10 plus and Hargrave mm-hmm. or sorry and Hayward got to to nine so 
uh, I know I know it hadn't happened before in Steelers history where we had three players with at right. least nine sacks. The caveat to that is sacks started being an official statistic in 1982. So yeah. all the steel curtain years, we don't have official data for. Uh, True. But at least since 82, there had never been a time in Steelers history where we had three players mm. with nine plus sacks. So Hayward had a fantastic year. Tuit was having the best year of his career, oh, man. and his his injury situation is just mind boggling because it always it, it's all it seemed to him to me like it's always soft tissue injuries, right? It's a pec, it's a bicep, it's a yeah, um, good point. But they're always of the the season ending variety too. That you know he he shredded his bicep. He ri- I mean a pec something you don't come back from either. Cam Hayward no. had it a few years ago too it's uh it's just one of those things where like you said his salary cap situation is such that um we we would actually lose money against the cap by cutting him next year mm-hmm. because of the prorated bonus money on his contract so we're kind of stuck with him at least for next year and really need him to perform oh, up for sure. to the level that he did this year when he was on the field and he was out there having his the best year of his career and it was really a shame um that he went down with the injury because I mean, our defense was really good towards the end of the year, but could you imagine if we yeah. had him, how good we would have been? I mean, he was a one man wrecking crew in the middle there. Yeah, he, he was. And that, and that again is just the, the shame of it. Um, you know, maybe that would have taken a few of the numbers away from Hayward, but I, I think all of us were, were concerned that when Tua went down, that, that Hayward would be double teamed and he would just kind of exist. But, but that just goes to, to the credit of Hayward, uh, the type of year he had without to it. Um, and, and now, you know, you, you factor in the fact that uh, uh, Javon Hargrave, look, Steeler fans, I, I, I'm like you guys are. I'm disappointed he's not going to be back. He's, he's going to command money that the Steelers will not be able to afford. So he's going to be gone. And, um, you know, Tyson Alalu, uh, who's in his 30s, I thought did a very commendable job this season. He, his snaps went up as soon as two it went out. Um, but but after that, you got major questions because Dan McCullers is is not the answer. Uh, Isaiah uh, Bugs is was a rookie this year, and and there is some potential there, you know. But but outside of that, Ian, I, I mean, what do you do? I mean, is is defensive line does it have to be uh, a priority in this draft or free agency? I think it's definitely something they'll take a look at. I mean, Alu Alu had a really good year and his salary mm-hmm. is quite reasonable for what a, you know, rotational defensive line yeah. veteran makes. I mean, I think his, his cap number is about 3.6 million. They could save about 2.7 if they cut him, but he really gives you a guy that can come in and play any position on the defensive line. He can play in the nickel. He can play in the base defense. And he was essentially a starter after yeah. two, it went down. So that's, that's a very reasonable salary for that kind of player. And he gave us a lot more than Cam Thomas did, who essentially had the same salary for two seasons before him. So it's Alu Alu is a much better player, and I'm very yeah. comfortable with him being kind of our, our third defensive lineman or third defensive end in the rotation, I should say. Bugs, I think, is a, a fine fourth defensive end rotational guy. Mm-hmm. Dan McCullers absolutely needs to be gone. He yeah. keeps getting a helmet to play three or four snaps a game and is – going to command 1.6 million against the cap next year and they could save 1.5 of that by cutting him so i think he's going to be gone Um, they probably will address nose tackle through the draft would be my guess but it's not a high priority or high demand position considering they're in their nickel defense 
over yeah. 75% of the time. So you're really only looking at a guy that's going to play maybe 15 to 20 snaps a game. So could they get away with a guy like bugs or shifting to it to the middle? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go that route, but I think you can find someone in a later round, a sixth round, a seventh round, an undrafted free agent that you can probably plug in for that many snaps a game or find someone on the free agent market. That's good enough to play those snaps at a relatively low salary. So I wouldn't say yeah. it's a, a high priority to address in the draft, but I, I think they'll add players at the, at the defensive line. Yeah, I do too. I, I think there's there's some decent depth uh, in this draft with regard to those interior guys, and 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 so I I don't think it's going to be a, a, a second round, which of course is their first pick this year, a second round priority, um, simply because of that. Because there are some guys. There's there's some kid out of Ohio State I've been looking at a little bit, um, uh, along with some others, guy out of Old Miss as well. So. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get much more into that as we go. Um, the, the inside linebackers, uh, again, we can kind of just, you know, throw out all the accolades we possibly can for the season that, uh, the rookie Devin Bush had, um, Vince Williams. Uh, I, I, I don't think anybody dislikes Vince Williams. He's a little bit limited in the things he can do, but my God, the guy has passion. He plays so hard every single play. Um, and then of course the major issue of, of Mark Barron, what do you, what do you do with him? So we're, we're Mark uh, Barron is yeah. so bad. He is, I don't, I don't understand why so... people are talking about keeping him. I, why? I, I don't get it. He, he, he's just like a step off in everything he's always a step slow in pass coverage he's a step slow in getting on the run fills he's just not good for the salary that he's getting and they can save five million against the cap if they cut him yeah i mean i think with with they wanted to have a veteran guy there yep. to help ease in Devin Bush. Well, first off, they didn't know they were going to get Devin Bush in the draft. True. If we go True. back to the draft, there's really two quality inside linebackers with Devin White and Devin Bush. Yep. And they didn't know they were going to get them, so they went out and got a free agent that they thought could come in right away and start and play. And that's true. Barron was able to pick up the defense. He was able to you know, help make calls on the field, but then he mm-hmm. got injured and... Devin Bush had to play more anyways um, kind of reminds you a little bit of what happened with Terrell Edmonds in the secondary that they yeah. went out and uh, you know signed a safety and then he got hurt and Edmonds had to play anyways. so um, I'd expect Barron to be gone freeing up five million against the cap Ulysses Gilbert really showed a lot in the preseason last year then unfortunately got hurt and had to spend the season on injured yeah. reserve he but did. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him take a, a bigger step up into more of a rotational role. And that kid's got some speed too. So Just he may be able to speed. contribute a little, a little bit in the pass game. If he can kind of understand where he's supposed to be in, in pass defense. Um, and beyond that, the, the Tyler Matikiewicz is kind of the, the question mark is an unrestricted free agent, but mm-hmm. they'll probably bring him back just because they love what he does on special teams, but he's not going to be more than a, a fourth or fifth linebacker. No. But really, even if you cut Barron, you know, you're still looking at Bush, Williams, Gilbert, and Matikiewicz as your four inside linebackers. That's not terrible. You, you could do mm-hmm. worse than that, I'll say. Um, I mean, it's not great, but it's not terrible. And I think for a while they've kind of wanted to to run sort of a, a three safety defense with a, a some kind of safety playing as a, as an inside linebacker on passing downs too to 
give them some coverage against tight ends and linebackers. So if that's your defense, if you cut Mark Barron, then, you know, maybe that opens up some opportunities as well. Although there's questions at the safety position, we'll get to that as well. Um, But I I really wouldn't be surprised if they did sign a free agent to see them go after some kind of safety Mm -hmm. linebacker hybrid type player. And again, there's, there's, you know, we're, we're seeing more and more of those guys come out of the college ranks too, which, which is beneficial because those are the types of guys we need. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I like Mark Cavalli a lot. He, he did great work at the Trib, and he's with the Athletic now. And you know, I, like people don't always agree with my takes either. And and you know, he had one last week where he suggested that Baron played pretty well, and I, I I had to go back and reread that like three or four times. I'm like, did, did are we watching the same thing here? Um, <laughs> but you know, and, and these things happen. You know, maybe Baron just didn't pick things up and uh, as quickly as he needed to, and that that's uh, a good explanation for why he was always a step slow on on things, as you laid out. And um, but be yeah, that I as think it he may, he was just clueless yeah. on the field. Well, I, there, yes, there were uh, there were many instances where that was easy to see. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you could do worse at their situation right now. Um, but I, I think they'll upgrade it and. Um, you know, whether, whether a cheap free agent uh, or, or a draft pick. But uh, uh, the, the the real big question marks on this defense, of course, right now are the outside linebackers. Uh, one question mark that really isn't a question mark, of course, is T.J. Watt. He is what he is, another, you know, amazing year, all pro. Uh, he, his, his payday is coming, okay? But the other side, Should of course. Should have been course, defensive player of the year. Well, uh, of course, uh, you know, black and gold uh, glasses, whatever. I don't care. He should have been. He made so many influential plays compared to Stephon Gilmore, but I digress. Uh, Bud Dupree, I I mean, I'm still in the camp. I don't think he's back. I just don't see how they can afford him. But but Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney too, they they keep singing the song. He's our priority. We're going to make sure he stays. You know, there are ways – you know this better than I do. You you and Ben know the cap way better than me. There are ways, but, I mean, where, where are you at right now as we sit here on uh, February 5th with Elvin Bud Dupree's status? Yeah, I I really don't think he'll be back. I'd, I'd put it less than 20% chance yeah. he'd be back. Um, I, I mean, like you said, there are ways. Um, they could slap the franchise tag on him if they wanted to. Uh, they could cut Anthony Ciccolo and save another $5 million against the cap. Um, I think the, the franchise tag for outside linebackers is probably going to come in around 14 to 16 million, somewhere in that range. The official numbers aren't out yet. Um, so they, they really have to come up with, you know, 14 to 16 million in, in cap space. And yeah, you could do that by cutting Ciccolo and Mark Barron and Ramon Foster. And there's your 14 million. Um, but at the same time, then that really hamstrings you and you really can't sign any free other free agents and you have roster spots you have to fill because you have to get to 53 at some point too. Um, yeah. That it's, it's, it'd be tight. It's doable, but it would be tight. Um, and I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago detailing just how many good pass rushers are going to be on the market this year. Um, yep. I think of the... Um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but you know, of the, there was eight or nine guys that had at least nine sacks this year. Um, I think of the, the 
18 guys that had double digit sacks. I think six of them are going to be free agents. Um, so there's a lot of guys that are coming off really good years. Shaq Barrett, who led the league in sacks at 19 and a half is going to be a free agent. He's only 27 or 28 years old. So, I mean, that guy's going to cash in too. Um, Dupree's a young guy too. So he's, he can cash in as well. And that's the other factor you have to look at is the age of these guys. Um, some True. guys like Robert Quinn are over 30 and yeah, they put together a double digit sack season, but what's their age? You know, how many more good years are you going to get out of them versus a yeah. guy like a guy like Dupree and the Steelers have always, especially with their first round picks, like to draft young players. And sometimes like Dupree, it takes them a little longer to develop, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, when you hit that second contract, they're really just getting into the prime of their careers. So I don't know if it was that Dupree will continue on this upward tick. That's the other yeah, thing you have to consider yeah. too. He had one good year. Right. Um, the Falcons came out the, already and said they're not going to pursue negotiations with Vic Beasley, who had like yeah, Dupree yeah. some down nope. years and one good year. Beasley's just came in his second year where he had 15 and a half yeah. sacks and Dupree's good year came in his contract year. So uh, there's, there's some, there's some other players out there. It's going to be really interesting to see, um, you know, how many of these guys get big salaries and how many of them <laughs> wind up signing kind of the one year prove it deals for four or 5 million and then try and, cash in big again next year, which is what Shaq Barrett yeah. did. He got a one-year, $4 million deal with Tampa and cashed in, is going to cash in on his 19 and a half sacks. Well, it, it's kind of like musical chairs to me in some ways, you know, where you you start winnowing it down and, and you've got, you know, four guys and there, there's only three big paydays left, so to speak. Um, and it, yeah, you, you don't want to agree to something too soon, but at the same time, you don't want to wait too long either. And, you know, Dupree has, according to the people I've talked to, he said that he would play under a franchise tag if they chose to go that route this year. Um, you know, and, and the reason that's so important is because our history with the franchise tag most recently <laughs> right. is a guy that didn't play under the franchise tag. So, um, I, you know, that, that's why that's, that's relatively newsworthy. Um, you know, and as you mentioned with Dupree, he's had the one good year in his final year, his contract year, you know, does, to me, that always is a bit of a, a red flag because you wonder what happens to that type of guy when he does get paid. Do, do, does he fall back to being that rather average player or does the great play stay up? I would also say um, maybe Keith Butler had an impact because um, you you know as well as or I Or getting do, rid of Joey Porter had an impact. Exactly where I'm going. You know, we, we love PZ as a player, but I think, you know, you and I, and I know Ben would agree, we weren't crazy about him as a coach. We saw very little development in any of those guys. And with, with Dupree, or excuse me, with, with him gone, with Butler back coaching the outside linebackers, you got to wonder how much of an influence that was. So, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful that, that they can do something because I'm sure it would benefit that entire defense and certainly uh, TJ Watt opposite him. Um, you mentioned Chiquillo. I, I don't know how he's back. Uh, the money they can save is just too valuable, in my opinion. Um, Ola Adeni has battled injuries uh, on and off. We, you know, in, in preseason training camp, we always see great flashes from him. I, I don't know quite what he's going to be able to offer. Uh, and of course, you know, Tuzar Skipper, you know, one of one of the great uh, fan favorites of of this year. Everybody trying to get him back from the Giants, and eventually they did. I I, I don't know where else they're going to go there, uh, Ian. But 
obviously, like wide receivers, they always seem to add some outside pressure guys too. Yeah, they'll they'll definitely yeah. add here. And the real question here is depth, right? If if you you obviously have Watt, but if you cut Chicolo and lose Dupree in free agency, then you're down to Adeni yeah. and Skipper as your depth, and you really need at least two more guys there for depth. So it, it's really a question of who are your starters, and they can have a camp competition. I mean, Ola oh, yeah. Tuzar, if they draft someone early. There could be a camp competition or they sign a free agent, but, um, you know, it's, it's really a question of depth too, because who do you have if someone gets hurt? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right with you. Um, let's, uh, let's, you know, uh, move over to the uh, secondary. Well, let's start with uh, cornerbacks first. Um, that's Joe Hayden. One. It, it is. And that's where I'm going there first. Uh, Steve Nelson, Joe Hayden, plug and play. Thank you, gentlemen. Great season. You'll be back. Um, yep. I, Artie Burns, I mean, you know, you feel for the kid, so young, so much on his plate off the field, um, but but it just, you know, a decent rookie year, and it just hasn't come together, um, you know, so there, there's the question with his, his uh, return. Um, I think Mike Hilton, you know, is another guy uh, that, that there's potential for. Cam Sutton was playing better. Um, you know, so where, where are you on the, on the cornerback situation? So the thing I'll note here on the corners is Hayden and Nelson both had fantastic year, arguably pro bowl caliber years. Hayden made it as an alternate Nelson didn't, but right. um, the thing I'll note is they're both going to make over $10 million next year and they absolutely deserve it. That's their quality yeah. of play, yeah. but we are, we're going to be paying for what we get there. Um, and we're, there's, there's no discount or money to be saved at the cornerback position because they're making salaries commensurate with their production and they deserve it, but they're also making salaries commensurate with their production. (laughs) Um, Neither of them are on rookie deals. They're on, on veteran, highly paid deals and, and they deserve it. Um, Cam Sutton proved actually was a very good corner when he was on the field last year. Yeah. you know, sub package football. Uh, Mike Hilton's a restricted free agent, and I think they'll probably do what they can to re-sign him. And then yep. you have Justin Lane, who they drafted in the third round last year, a little bit raw, um, coming out of Michigan State, but he's got some physicality. He had a rough preseason mm-hmm. last year, but came on to have some decent special teams play at least towards the end of the season when he got a helmet. So, um, you know, I think we're pretty much set at corner. Those are your those are your top five, and maybe they add someone late in the draft or in free agency or something. But I, I really think those are your top five and that's what you roll with yeah that's kind of where i'm at too um i'm hopeful that lane is is a guy that picks things up i i we all kind of liked him um showed some special teams prowess he made a couple of really nice plays on special teams this year um and and i'm i'm hopeful there so you know uh yeah i i I don't know i mean they they always seem to find a, a quarterback i mean obviously they bring guys into camp but they always seem to have a guy that that pops up on on the radar too, but uh, let's uh, let's make sure we cover the safeties here, uh, Ian, because that's going to require a little more conversation. Um, again, I think the jury is in. Um, the The decision to trade the first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick has become a no brainer. Yes, yep, I know. Absolutely I know worth it. I know it's weird, everybody, that when you sit down to do your mock drafts that that you you can't do a first round pick for the Steelers. I know it's weird, but just remember your first round pick uh was a pro bowl uh player this year. All pro and, player. Yep, and and the chances that you were going to find that as a rookie uh slim and none. So it was the right move. 
So and he's under contract for three more years. So three more years on a rookie deal, and yep. and obviously the Steelers will take care of him if if his play continues and and uh, all that stuff. But um, Terrell Edmonds, I, I mean, I'll say this for Terrell Edmonds: the dude is durable. I mean, he's had over a thousand snaps in two straight years. Um, but as far as his impact on the game, Ian, um, he doesn't do much, does he? It's it's just not there. He can't find the ball in the air. He misses tackles. Um, he, you know, he's he's there. He's on the field. Um, yeah. you know, it's. But yeah, he's not he's not an impact player. He's kind of just a guy, um, yeah. which is not something you want out of a first round pick. That being said, they're not going to bring in someone to replace him at this point. It's going to be Fitzpatrick and Edmonds are going to be your starting yep. safeties. Um, and that is what it is. Uh, the question cool. is going to come for who's the depth, what's behind them. Um, they Marcus Allen got cut last year, was on the practice yeah. squad. They brought him back towards the end of last year. Uh, Sean Davis is going to probably walk in free agency yep. and best of luck to him. Um, mm-hmm. I really think the the Steelers kind of, did him wrong in that they they drafted a guy who had played both safety and corner in college kind of corner out of necessity at some times yeah and they tried to plug him in all over the field put way too much on his plate he played a lot better once they settled him into one position and let him play that position but then they kept moving him around because mike mitchell sucked so they had to switch him to a different safety position they drafted terrell edmonds and switched him to you know free safety and he really never had a chance to settle into a position for more than one year um so he'll probably make a decent buck on on the free agent market he's got some athleticism he's got Mm -hmm. some talent um you know he had some interceptions in his time here yes he had some blown coverages he had some missed assignments as well uh he had a season-ending injury last year so we'll kind of see where things go but they really need some depth at safety jordan dangerfield um who seems to be a cat of nine lives that somehow still makes the roster (laughs) every year is a restricted free agent again so they'll probably bring him back as well um on a relatively minimal salary but i mean minka is an all pro terrell edmonds is about a replacement level player to use another baseball term so so let me Um, give you a scenario here but after that it's really a question mark so, so let's say that the the Steelers are are you know the draft rolls around and and uh, maybe it's a second or a third round pick and there happens to be a, a really nice safety sitting there, okay, um, and and they can't pass him up. Um, is it possible that Terrell Edmonds moves into the Mark Barron role a little bit? Is that something that he would fit into, in your opinion? I think he's probably better. He's definitely better suited for more of a in the box safety type role mm-hmm. where he can just play downhill and get to the ball. He's not great in space. That being said, I, I mean, considering we don't have a first round pick, you know, right. when you're when you're looking in the second third round, you start to look for guys that are going to be able to contribute on special teams immediately and maybe become starters, you know, within a year or two. That's kind of how I look at the draft, right? First round pick, you want to play immediately. Second and third round, your day two picks, you, there's going to be some development that needs to happen, but ideally they could become starters within a year or two. Um, And then after that, you're looking for guys who can play on special teams and maybe be, you know, either long-term developmental prospects. Mm -hmm. Maybe you hit on one of them, like you 
like an Antonio Brown in the sixth round. Um, yeah. Or, you know, maybe you get guys who or you know, Brett Kiesel in the seventh round. But even Brett Kiesel took a long time to kind of develop and come around. And he was a fantastic player once he, he got to his peak, but it took him a while to get there. So that's kind of how you have to look at the, the third day of the draft, too. So I, I think later in the draft, yeah, we absolutely need depth at the safety position. So I would not be shocked to see us mm-hmm. add bodies there, whether it be in the draft or free agency. Um, it's it's something that where we're short and they generally keep you know 10 or 11 defensive backs so we kind of said okay you got your five corners you got we know who your top two safeties are that's only seven guys so there's essentially four three or four more positions there that could be filled um whether it's be through the draft or through free agency um and they had a a whole slew of safeties in camp last year that they they took a look at as well so um they they're perfectly comfortable taking a look at guys, you know, whether it be um, they heck they brought in Cam Kelly from the, well, the AAF. That's so what I, mean, I was just going to imagine scouting the XFL the next few weeks. Oh, I have no doubt. I, I think the I think the Steelers have completely jumped on board with. Uh, we, we know they've they've gone and looked at the CFL. Uh, we had Ian Wild in here. They had uh, didn't didn't Spencer come from the CFL? I think he did, yeah. Briefly, and then and then he ended up having a nice year in in Denver after we cut him. But um, so yeah, I, I, the Steelers are all over the place. I think now, and they and you just have to be. You just don't know what you're going to find out there. Um, it, it, you know, Cam Kelly was a guy that we kind of liked, and then all of a sudden the the shine was off of him um, as the season wore on, and and you know, so yeah, they're they're going to need to add some depth there. Um, and and I I'm curious to see what what they do there because I I know they like Terrell Edmonds as a young man I know they like him as an athlete but you know as you alluded to there were so many moments this year where he had interceptions just literally gifted to him and he just couldn't find the ball and uh, I I think man I, I just think that that you know I don't know how teachable that is but. Uh, in any case, uh, we'll wrap things up right there, Ian, and uh, great show as always, and and uh, I, I hope Ben's okay. We, we haven't heard from him. Uh, you know, he, he, he might still be on the bench press with a, a dumbbell laying across his chest. He can't get up. I don't know. Uh, something to that effect, but... Uh, Anyway, uh, thanks again to uh, DC4L for uh, jumping in with us, and, and our new storefront's going to be up there, so check that out. I'll have that up and uh, on the site and everything else so you can get some of our, our gear. They've not only got T-shirts but hoodies and stuff as well. So um, all that and all the unique, wonderful ideas that we come up with. So uh, for me and for Ian, I am signing off on this edition of the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast. And, hey, go. Steelers.